Parshas Baloischa, we told about the two trumpets that Moshe Rabbeinu was told to make. And the points of the trumpets were to relay messages to Kal Yisrael. Moshe told us, Two trumpets out of silver, and they'll be used to indicate to Kal Yisrael what they need to do. But if we look carefully at the Pesukim, we see a very clear distinction of the role to be played by the trumpets. And the Pasuk says that of Achilles Akol, if you want to gather Klaishal together, so you blow it kia, and the Klaishal will gather. And if you want to go gather the Nasim, then also you blow it kia, and the Nasim will gather. And the Pasuk says clearly of Achilles Akol, when you want Klaishal together, then Tisko over Loitariu. You must blow it kia and not a true. So the sound for gathering Klai Yisrael was at kia. But when you want Klai Yisrael to travel, when the call was given, that Klai Yisrael had to begin to journey. So then the pastor says, Puskatim true. You must blow a true, but not so a And then the camps will start to travel. And then same thing afterwards, Puskatim true, Shainis. You'll blow a second true, and the more camps will travel. And therefore we see that there was a distinction. When one wants to gather Klai Yisrael, the sound which needs to be blown is its kia. When one wants Klai Yisrael to journey, then he needs to blow a true. And similarly, looking to the future, the Pasuk says that when you go to fight a war against an enemy, then you're going out to fight a battle, you should blow a true on the Chatzotris. Whereas, when Klai Yisrael gathered in the Beis HaMikdash, on the Yom Simchaschem, on the Moedechem, on the Chodeshem, on the Moed, on the Rosh Chodesh, then Klai Yisrael gathered in the Beis HaMikdash, then, then you blow it to Then you must blow it So we understand that two different kinds of sounds can be blown in the Chatzotres, similar to the Shofar, the one is the Kiyah, the other one is a true. And they are very different roles to play. The role of the Tkir is when you want Klai Yisrael to gather or the Nasim to gather. And the role of the Tkir is when you want Klai Yisrael to journey. What's the difference between the significance of a Tkir and the significance of a Tkir? So many of the Mephoshim explain this the same you said each one in their own words. I'm quoting the Ramban, who tells us that the difference is that a tkir is a lashon of rachamim, and a trua is a lashon of din. And to say that a little bit differently, rachamim is something which is continuous, and therefore the word taka is also comes from the lashon when a person pitches a tent. He said something permanent. I'll so to speak, root them firmly in place. They'll be entrenched. And therefore, Tkir is Loshan Rachamim, it's an Hagav Hashem which remains. Whereas Trua is a Loshan of Ru'ah, which means something which is shaking. And therefore, the middle of Yira is something which causes people to shake, and that's the same shaking note of the Trua.
It's something which inspires Yira. And therefore, what we have to explain is why was it Kia used, Lashon Rachamim used, when Klai Yisrael settled or gathered, and the Lashon of Yira, of Trua used, when Klai Yisrael journeyed. So in Pashas Baloischa, we find the second description of what took place, either when Klai Yisrael journeyed or when Klai Yisrael camped. And that's the passage which tells us why he bin Sarah Aaron, when the Aaron traveled, then by Yomir Moshe, Moshe Davins, and he says, Kuma Hashem, arise Hashem via Futsu Ivecho, your enemy shall scatter via Nusulus Anecho Miponecho, and your, your foes should flee. When the Aaron travels, so the Tfilah of Moshe was that the enemies of the Jewish people should also be struck with Yura, should be overcome with trembling, and they should run from before us. And when the, the Klai Yisrael settled, when the Anana Yaakov had signaled to them this was the place they were going to camp, then Moshe's Tfilah was Shuvah Hashem, River Vaisalfa Yisra. Akadosh Baruch settled among the tens of thousands of Klai Yisrael. So similarly, Moshe's Tfilah parallels the blast of the truth when Klai Yisrael are journeying, and that is something which is meant to inspire fear. And Moshe's Tfilah echoes the sound of the Tkir when Klai Yisrael encamp and settle, and that's the sound of Rachamim. Hashem should settle and reside among the Jewish people. But it needs an explanation. Why does it why is there this difference of approach whether the Klaistral are traveling or Klaistral are settling? And second question is in what way did the Trua inspire the Goim to run away in fear from us? To flee in a panic? We didn't broadcast the Trua of the of the and Klaistral journey that all the Goim could hear that. Klai Yisrael themselves heard the truth. So how did that have an effect on all the goyim which caused them to flee, flee in fear? And if we're on the topic, let's look at something similar where we can ask a similar kind of a question. We know that when the Beis Amigdash stood, so Yerushalayim was one of the great cities of the ancient world. The Besamekdash was something that people used to come from far and from near to come and see. And what was the effect that the Besamekdash had on the visitors who came to see it? And we have the Tehillim which tells us, Kings gathered together. They embarked together on a pilgrimage and a visit to Yerushalayim. Dignitaries, kings. And they came and they saw and how did they react to seeing the Beis HaMikdash? And the Apostle tells us, Hey Moreau, they saw, Kain Tomohu, they were amazed, but they didn't stop there. Nivhalu, they were shocked. Nechbozu, they were trembling. And the Apostle carries on to say, Re'oda chazosim sham, so to speak, fear overtook them. Why? What about the Beis Amigdash was so awe-inspiring 
that it didn't cause its visitors to be impressed, it caused them to be afraid. The Beis Amidash wasn't attacking them. They weren't enemies. So what about the Beis Amidash caused them such fear? And we see an amazing Gemara. It's the Gemara in Yavamus, on the Vavamud base, and the Gemara is talking about the Pasuk, El Shabsoisa Tishmairu Umikdashi Tirau. You should guard Shabbos and you should fear the Mikdash. And the Gemara says, I might think that you have a mitzvah to be afraid of Shabbos. And the Gemara says, no, there's no mitzvah to be afraid of Shabbos. Rather, a person should be afraid of the one who was mitzvah on the Shabbos. The one who commanded us to keep Shabbos. And similarly, the Gemara says, maybe Mikdashi Tiro means a person to be afraid of the base of Mikdash itself. And the Gemara rejects that option and says, no. The mitzvah is to be afraid of the one who instructed us regarding the base of Mikdash. And the question is, what was the Havamina? What were we thinking? Why would there be a reason to be afraid of the building? To be afraid of the base of Mikdash? Why would there be a reason to be afraid of Shabbos? As a day? Why do we need a puzzle to tell us that it's not like that? That we need to be afraid of Hashem who instructed us regarding the Beis Hamikdash and regarding Shabbos. And the answer is, the Havamina was because that's what we see happens. We just mentioned previously, the non-Jewish kings came to Beis Hamikdash and they were overtaken by fear. Fear of the Beis Hamikdash. So we see there was such a thing. People were afraid of the Beis Hamikdash. And therefore, I might think that the Mikdashi Tiro, the instruction to the Jewish people was also be afraid of the base of Mikdash. On that we thought it's not like that. We're instructed to be afraid of Hashem who commanded us regarding the base of Mikdash. And the same thing applies to Shabbos. The Yishami in Demai says that Amos Shabbos al Amoritz. And Amoritz might not have known the Halacha too well, but he was afraid of Shabbos. So we see there was such a Havamina. That a person would be afraid of Shabbos. And on that the Pasuk tells us that that's not what Hashem wants from us. Rather we should be afraid of Hashem who instructed us regarding the Shabbos. So we understand what the Havimim and the Gemara was. There was such a fear. But we now need to understand where did this fear stem from? What was it about the Beis Migdash? Or what was it about Shabbos? Or what was it about the Jewish camp marching, which inspired fear. There's an important principle of us to learn here. But I want to introduce it with a story. A story I think many of you know, because it's a pretty well-known story. But nevertheless, it teaches us this point. And it's a story told about the Vilnagon. At one time, he was taken to court on various false charges. And the court was being decided by the non-Jewish judges of Vilna. The Vilna guy who spent his days in his room with his Taras and Tefillin learning Torah. So his Talmudim tried to prevent him having to come to court. They tried to go in his place to represent him. But it didn't work and the non-Jewish judges arrogantly insisted that they go and appear in person. He's being tried, he has to come in person. So having no choice, the Talmud and the Vagan 
went back to his home to escort him to the courtroom. They come back to the non-Jewish courtroom with the Vilna gone, as previously clad in his Taras and Tefillin. And as soon as the Gohan walks into the courtroom, the non-Jewish judges look at him and they're overtaken by fear. And they say, this man's acquitted, he's innocent. The case is closed. And of course the Gohan's Talmudians were very, were very happy. They didn't understand what had transpired that forced the non-Jewish judges to be so terrified in the presence of Vilnagon that they they dropped the trial. They stopped. They, they acquitted him on the spot. So they asked the Vilnagon, "What was it about your coming into the room which caused these arrogant judges to become so afraid?" And the Vilnagon said, "It's a pasuk, and it's a pasuk in the brachas of the Torah." It says, All the nations of the world will see that Hashem's name is called on you. They'll be afraid of you. What does it mean that Hashem's name is called on us? It says the Gemara Elut Tefillin Shebarosh. When you're wearing out Tefillin. So the non-Jews will see Hashem's name on us and they'll be afraid. And therefore, says the God, I came into the courtroom while I was wearing my tefillin. And the non-Jewish judges saw that and they became afraid. And the Talmudim said, Rabbeinu, that's not a good enough answer. We were also wearing tefillin. And it had no effect whatsoever on the judges. And the Vilnagon answered. And he said, it's not enough to wear tefillin. But there's something more than just wearing tefillin. And that is, when a person wears tefillin, he has to know that Shem Hashem Nekro He himself has to know that he's holding the name of Hashem on his head. And if the Gemara says about the Kohen Gadol, that the Kohen Gadol where it sits, which says that the words Kodesh La Hashem, and therefore says the Gemara, if the Kohen Gadol where it sits with the name of Hashem emblazoned on his forehead, then he had to be aware of that the whole time. I'm carrying the name of Hashem. And he had to act with the due awe and trepidation of a person who's carrying Shem Hashem on his head. And if that's the case, then says the Gemara, Kal when the Jew wears tefillin, which doesn't just have one time the mention of Hashem's name, it has 21 times the mention of Hashem's name, that he has to be overcome with the awe of I'm holding Hashem's name on my head. And then when the Jew who's wearing the tefillin has that Yeres Shemaim, has that fear, of Kishem Hashem Nikro Alecho, I'm carrying the name of Hashem. Then, when the non-Jew sees him, he's overcome by fear. Viyarumi Mako, the positive says, they'll be afraid of you. Yeres Shemaim is something which is tangible. And when the Jew has Yeres Shemaim, then even if the non-Jew can't explain it, even if the onlooker can't explain it, but seeing Yeres Shemaim causes people to be afraid. They're in the presence of something which is awe-inspiring. That's the estate of tefillin. And that's why when a person's wearing tefillin with the correct awe which is necessary to wear tefillin, then somebody who beholds that is overcome by fear. And Rabbi said this applies for the Beis HaMikdash also. The Pasuk says 
that the reason why the Jewish people were instructed to bring their Maaseshani every year to Yerushalayim and to eat it in Yerushalayim was so that you learn Yerush Hashem, you learn to fear Hashem. And why would eating the Maaseshani in Yerushalayim bring a person to fear Hashem? Tosis and Baba Basra, and Dachofalaf answers. And Tosis says, and when people in Yerushalayim, and they were exposed to watching the Kohanim and the Levim, and watching the Avodah in progress, and seeing how those servants of Hashem, the Kohanim and the Levim, how they acted when they realized we are in Hashem's palace, we act, we are standing in front of Hashem. And the Yira which emanated from the over the Hashem and the Beis HaMikdash was enough that people who would watch it would be learned to fear Hashem. That's for the Jews who came to eat Maishashani. And they were the ones who were witness to that. They learned Yerushimayim. The non-Jews who came to see the Beis HaMikdash, they also beheld the sight of people who had Yerushimayim. And the result of that is they were overcome by fear. That's the effect that Yerushimayim has on those who see it. They say about the great Mashkech of Chasmul Evenstein, even people who were close to him, that whenever they came near him, they felt afraid. Not because he was going to do something to them, but because of a person who lived with such a strong level of Yerushimayim, so that year was palpable. And a person who came near him felt a sense of that year. And that's the same you said in the Midbar. When Klai Yisrael traveled, so the, the blue tru. A tru is yira. Expires yira. We might have been comfortable, we might have unpacked everything, we might have organized ourselves in whatever campsite we were. But the cloud moves up, we have to obey. We have to pack up and go. The tru blows, yira shemaim. Klai Yisrael, you're expected to act. And Klai Yisrael do. And therefore, when the Jewish camp Marches with that sense of Yerash Shemayim, when Moshe can daven. The enemies around who sense that feeling of Yerash feel afraid, they're going to run, they're going to scatter. And some of the enclosures will go to war. If as a Jewish army we're going to war, but imbued with the sense of Yerash Shemayim, with the sense of we're going to follow the halacha, we're going to keep our camp holy. We're going to go to war with that sense of the awe of Shemaim. And that's something which the enemies will be afraid of. That's something which will cause them to flee. And the same thing by Shabbos. If part of the importance we attach to keeping the halachas of Shabbos is to be makbid on all the minute of Hilchah Shabbos, then Shabbos is approached with a certain sense of Yira. And even the Amorites who might not be aware of all those halachas. But nevertheless, he gains from the atmosphere of Yerushalayim. Amos Shabbos al And he also feels a sense of Amor, a sense of awe, a sense of fear when Shabbos approaches. This is the Yasat. And now let's learn a Gemara. Or before that, let's learn a Midrash. And the Midrash tells us the story of Yosef Meshisa. 
So Midrash Shashim on the Pasuk Vayarech Yisrech Bogadol. Yosef Meshisa is given as an example of one of the biggest Rishayim that there were in the Jewish people. And what did he do? So the Midrash tells us at the time that the Romans conquered Yerushalayim and they had now won the war and they were surrounding the Heichel and they knew that the Heichel was the repository of all the gold kalim of the Beis Hamidash. And they said, let's find the Jew who's going to go into the Heichel and bring out something for us. They spoiled the Beis Hamidash. So they found a renegade Jew and apostate his name was Yosef Meshisa. And they tell him, go into Heichel and take something out. You can keep it for yourself. So Yosef Meshisa goes into the Beis Hamidash and he sees the gold there. Priceless. Priceless. Besides the fact that it was pure gold, it was also beautiful, it was valuable. And he tries to take out the Minera. And when he takes, drags the Minera outside, the Romans say to him, Did you really believe we would give you something like that for you, a commoner? Nowhere in the world. That's for us. Take something else. And Yosef Meshissi refuses. And the Romans, says the Midrash, the Romans begin to torture him. To go back into Heichel and take something else and he refuses. And in the end he dies by being tortured to death by the Romans. What happened to him? So the first point is he went into the Heichel. And even somebody who was so turned away from Yiddishkeit, somebody who was so far gone, that the idea of stealing from the Beis HaMikdash didn't repel them, but being in the Beis HaMikdash gave them a sense of Yerushimai. And that strengthened him and strengthened his resolve not to go back a second time. But there was a second point here too. Let's think about it. The Romans had been victorious. The Romans had won the war. They were now in control. They were the a, a, a victorious attacking army. What stopped them going into the Heichel themselves? What prevented them from stealing on their own? Why did they need to find a Jew to do it for them? And the answer is because there was still a vestige of that fear of the Heichel, which the non-Jews had. The Yerush Shemaim of Klai Yisrael doing the Avoida ensured that there would still be an atmosphere of Yerush surrounding the base of Mikdash. And the Roman mercenary, toughened as they were, were too scared to be the ones to go in. And Yeshev Meshisa realized that by him going in with impunity, with a lack of Yerushimayim, he had ruined that. Afterwards, the Romans did go into Beis Hamikdash, and they committed terrible crimes there. What destroyed that aura of sanctity around the Beis Hamikdash? He realized he had. He as a Jew had treated it without Yerushimayim. And that's why the Midrash says he died with the chuva on his lips. Now the Gemara says in Yama that originally the praise that we gave Kodesh Baruch was Akel, Agadol, Agibur, Vanaira. Until the time of the Khurban, the Nevi'im said, Nachri Makaikarim Bei Cholay. The Gentiles are crowing in his heichel. Where's the naira? Where's the fear? 
Where's the awe that it used to be? We saw the kings before and who came to visit the Basimish were overcome, were struck with fear. What happened to that? Where did that Naira go? And the answer is, Klal Yisrael ruined it. Klal Yisrael ruined it. When we lost our respect for the base of Mikdash, when we acted with a lack of Yeres Shemaim, then that aura of fear that was present because of the Yeres Shemaim of Klal Yisrael got lost. And he made it the Nochim, the Goyim, felt no restraint in doing whatever they did in the base of Mikdash. The Chidah points out that the word Oren is the same letters as the word Naira. Wherever the Oren travels, it causes fear. When the Oren travels, it causes fear. Why? Because of the tremendous awe that Klai had from the Oren. Even the Levi who instructed to carry the Oren were warned If they treat with Oren with anything less than the ultimate respect, they're going to die. The Oren was surrounded by an extremely high level of Yerushalayim. And therefore, when the Oren travels, it brings that middle of Naira. It takes with it that middle of fear. But now comes the question. And that is, when there was an Oren, we had that. But comes the second base of Mikdash, and the Oren has been hidden. We no longer have the Oren. And if that's the case, what's going to create the middle of Naira? What's going to create the middle of Naira? And the Kamran and Ashkenaz tells us the Gemara. And they said, we're going to bring back the praise of Hashem Vahanaira. Because the Naira is the fact that Klai Yisrael are in Goddess, subjugated. Ruled over by these 70 wolves, by these 70 nations, and yet we survive. So we see Hashem's Naira. We see the fear that they have to, so to speak, attack La Yisrael, to destroy La Yisrael. That's also a demonstration of the middle of Naira, of the awe that HaKadosh Baruch implants in them. What causes that awe? We found times, unfortunately, many times. When Goyim have been only too happy to despoil, to plunder, to loot, to run rampage and to destroy. So yes, there's a middle of Naira. But what causes it? What causes the Goyim to be afraid of the Jewish people, even if they're the overlords, even if they have the upper hand? And the answer like we saw before. Yeras Shemayim. V'ra'u ko'ame aretz k'shem Hashem nikro alecho. When we have Yerash Shemaim, then Then they are afraid of us. When we have the Yerash Shemaim, when we have the fear of Hashem, then that's felt, it's palpable by the going too, and they become afraid of us. When Chas V'Shalom Klayishol lose that Yerash Shemaim, then the Goyim lose their restraint as well. That's the lesson of the Parsha. Bin Saya Ha'arayim. When the Oren travels, it causes fear. When Klai Yisrael travel, when Klai Yisrael go to war, and we want that same result, the enemy should be afraid of us, the enemy should scatter. Then it's totally on blowing the truth. It's totally on instilling a sense of Yerushimayim to Klai Yisrael. Because when there's Yerushimayim in the ranks of Klai Yisrael, then that in turn causes fear by the guy.
כל מה השם ויפוצו אויבך, וינוסו מסנך ומפניך.